Welcome to episode 82 of Woods in the Word Getting Coffee. I'm Randall Wood. And I'm Isaac Wood. And we're a father-son duo walking through the Bible together in hopes of bringing God's Word to life in your life. Pour a cup of coffee and join us. Well, Isaac, uh, good morning. It is uh, two days till Christmas when we're recording this, uh, getting close now. And I've got my uh, Christmas mug. Uh, your wife actually gave this to us. It's a uh, a uh, very deep mug. I like it for that reason. It holds a lot. That's good for Christmas Day. A nice deep mug. You need it all. Um, it's funny you mentioned Amanda because right now she is baking and I just hear Christmas music going on. She's doing a cake, cookies, and cheesecake and fudge. What? Um, which means Christmas music is going throughout the day. So it's Feliz Navidad is being played right now. Um, so I'm in <laughs> uh to talk a little talk a little jesus coming to earth today all right well wonderful well, we're, we've been thinking about the names of jesus and uh, isaiah's prophecy 700 years before bethlehem uh that his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god and we should have taken a hint from that one but then this third one everlasting father and i've thought about that what does it mean that this baby in the manger is going to be our everlasting father. And if he's everlasting father, that means he was around before the manger. So we've got to give that some careful thought and attention. And, and as I thought about it, I'm like, well, what Isaiah is saying, and he said it in the second name, mighty God, everlasting father, Jesus, this baby, this child that will be born to us is God. Jesus is God. And I don't know how long, how much we think about that at Christmas time. And when you look at this baby in the manger, we're thinking he's a baby. He's become a man. But the he that became a man is God. What is, how does that rock your world this morning? My favorite name of Jesus is Emmanuel. Mm. Comes up in a lot of the Christmas songs. Yes. We do a, a, a daily advent in my house that involves opening doors. I'm pretty sure your wife actually gave it to us. Um, that um, the open doors, but it all, it starts with, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so the boys, whenever we get to that part, whoever's reading it says, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means, and then the rest of the room has to say what it means. Oh, which is God with us. Um, and so I just love that phrase the meaning of that name god with us and what what i love about that is so much is the with us part that jesus came to be with us but what we're going to hammer home today is that um the god part of that that it's god with us jesus this what we celebrate at christmas jesus being born was the beginning of that he was going to live a life then that culminated in his death and resurrection that then allows us when we trust in it and make him Lord of our life, which we will talk about, um, it allows us to have the spirit of God in us. But then what I was reading this week as well, you get into Revelation and we learn about um, that God's whole plan is to be with us again, that God's going to live with yes, us here on the planet. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so this idea of being with God, um, when God created us, when God created us in the beginning, Adam and Eve walked with God. 
Yes. They were with God, their everlasting father, they were with him. They chose then themselves over him. And so there was this separation. And so for thousands of years, there was this separation of God and man until Jesus joined man. Yeah. He walked with us so that God could be with us as well. So I, I love God with us, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Because um, that's that's why Jesus came. He came to save us from our sins so that we could be with God because that's what we were created to be. Absolutely. And I love how, uh, you know, Luke gives us this very detailed human account of how the birth of Jesus happened, how they got to Bethlehem, uh, who was involved, all these things. And then when John wants to tell the Christmas story, he just says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then he says a few verses later, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The eternal word, the creator word became flesh and dwelt among us. On a Christmas Eve service last night, and they were talking about, you know, Matthew and Luke start with the genealogy of Jesus, right? right. Yeah. One was through Mary's line, one was through Joseph's line, right? right. Um, John did the same thing. It's just his genealogy was <laughs> it was in, in God. And like, God. Like, it was like, um, the, the, but it was, it was kind of uh, revelatory to me to think of, like, that's a genealogy, too. Right. And then our, you know, Matthew wanted us again to connect the dots back to the Hebrew prophecies because Matthew is a Jew. Matthew's writing a very Jewish gospel for his kinsmen to understand Jesus. And so he is the one who connects Isaiah's prophecy in chapter seven that he will be Emmanuel. He brings that forward here in chapter one of Matthew's gospel. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's right. And he does the same thing. He wants his audience to say, to answer the question. And so, uh, friends, think about it this Christmas season. Jesus, who we celebrate, is God. Uh, and what would it do? if the next time you read through the gospels, and by the way, you can read through the gospel in 90 days. There are 89 chapters in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and you got a bonus day there in case you miss one. But what if you read through the gospels with the backdrop of thinking Jesus is God? Everything I read about Jesus in the gospels is uh, aligned with Jesus is God. Uh, how would that impact your life when you realize it's God saying these things? It's God telling me this. It's God who's come to be with me and to touch me and to heal me and to lead me and to uh, admonish me and and guide my steps. How might that impact us uh, this Christmas season if we go into 2024 thinking deeply about the fact that Jesus is God? Um, and so that means that he's not only my savior, but he's also the Lord and master of my life because he is God. And think about, we, we can't think about it because we can't put our mind, we can't identify with being God. <laughs> but <laughs> no. Jesus could. Yeah, he had. Um, You know, equality with God was not something that he, like, had to grasp for. He experienced it. 
Um, and he chose to then become like us, to step into the limitations of being human, um, step into time, literally. Um, that he had existed outside of time, chose to step into time and live this human life day by day. So live each day, spend that time living that day like we do, experience right. the other humans on this planet like we do, being doubted, being hated, uh, being made fun of, um, going through life like we do, and ultimately being tortured and killed. Right. And Which why was he tough. tortured and killed? Because he claimed that he was not just a human man, that he was everlasting father, Yahweh, God. He claimed that. And so that's why he was killed. He wasn't killed for being a loving prophet and teaching people to uh, to love everybody. Um he wasn't killed for doing miracles. He wasn't killed for feeding the 5,000 or walking on water. Uh, he was killed for claiming to be God. Um, and that, let's that, read that. Let's read that because uh, some people will say, well, you know, Jesus, he, he was a good teacher. He never claimed to be God. Well, they're telling you they have no idea what it was he was teaching when they say that. Because in John 10, 27. Tell me you haven't read your Bible without telling me you haven't read your Bible. <laughs> exactly. So my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. I give them eternal life, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hands. I and the Father are one. Then the next verse says, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus yep. answered them, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? The Jews answered him, it's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you being a man, make yourself God. Yeah. They knew what he was saying. They understood the claim. He's telling them that he's God, and that's why they killed him. Yeah, and so that you see this, this reality of Emmanuel, God with us, it's not just in that manger. Right. Uh, that was throughout all of Jesus's life. Um, he he even said when when we do get that one glimpse before that glimpse of his life pre ministry um, when he was was it like 10? 12, you know, yeah, ten to twelve uh, in the temple and, and Mary and Joseph have kind of lost track of him and he's teaching in the temple and and he's and they were like oh where'd you go but he said I was doing my father's work but mm. he at that age was like hey god like i'm doing right. god's work because because i am god right like, yeah that's what this whole story is about um and so that's but to spend time on it to get past the baby in a manger and see that that was god in the manger right uh, what does that mean for us well and why why was why was why is God stepping into humanity and doing that? And the why is to save us. Exactly. To save us. So he chose to be with us to save us so that we could be with him forever. Exactly. Um, and why did he need to save us? Well, because 
we screwed it all up. And because of our sin, uh, we created this gap that, that needed to be filled. But it wasn't anything we didn't throw God off. This was his plan from the beginning. Uh, his plan right. was to send Jesus to redeem us um, from, the, from when he when he spun the world into existence. Uh, we talked a couple episodes ago about the light and being the light of the world. Right. God created light on day one, but then it was day four he created the the heavenly bodies, the right. sun. And we think of as the light. Before he creates the stars, those stars were created in such a way, mm -hmm. such a moving in such a way that on that Christmas, on that first Christmas, they were shining the brightest that they ever had over Bethlehem for those wise men to find Jesus. Right. Right. Um, or for them to leave and then for them and to because find because they studied the stars, they knew that that alignment meant a king had been born. What does that mean? That means on day four of creation, mm -hmm. Jesus was coming. Right. Yeah. On day four of creation, God knew Jesus was coming. Adam was not created until day six. Right. Yeah. Right. So this, our sin did not throw God off and he had to react by sending Jesus. Right. Jesus was the plan from the beginning. Jesus, the entire book of the Bible, literally from in the beginning all the way through Revelation, is about Jesus coming. It's all one story. I don't think your Bible's a bunch of different books, there's a bunch of different stories that we can tie together in Sunday school. It's all one story. And that one story is that God wants to be with us and knew that Jesus was needed, that God had to come be with us so that we could be with him. This is the whole story. The whole time, this was God's plan was to redeem us. And that that is the greatest love story that's ever been told. Absolutely. That we, running away from him, knowing that we were going to run away from him, still had the plan in place to come save us. Because right. When you have experienced life without him, and then you experience life with him, that fullness of life in him is so much better than if we never would have sinned that again. And we probably don't have time to unwrap that whole theological. No, but it's absolutely true. And, and what we're trying to do, friends, is get you to focus in on the reality. Since Jesus is God, that changes everything. It yeah. changes how I live. It changes how I treat other people. It changes how I will die and what happens to me after that. And so, you know, it, it changes how you live. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I have a better life for you than you can manufacture on your own because there's someone else, the enemy, the devil, Satan, is working actively to destroy your life. Uh, and apart from me, that's exactly what he will do. But I've come that you might have a life and have it to the full. We talk a lot about finding your purpose and doing it. Uh, you know, Paul said in Ephesians 2, it's by grace you've been saved through faith and not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast about it. For you are God's workmanship created in God in, in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance back there before he was hanging the stars. He prepared in advance for you to do. So he has work for you to do. He has purpose. Go do it. Do it with him. He came so that he had this life. And this, he stepped, and then, so he lived 33 years on this planet, right? right. God was Emmanuel. But then when he left, 
He said, I'm leaving. Like, this was great. Right. Now it's going to get better. So it can be better for you. He was talking to his disciples and said, the Holy Spirit's coming. So that now it's not just like Jesus was God with us on the planet, among us. God among us, right? Right. Um, he left and now so that the Holy Spirit could come and be God in us. Yeah. And Jesus said, it's better say. to have God in you than to just be in the same room with God, with Jesus. So it's like now, now when we talk about that abundant life, we are, have the capability to live life with the power of Jesus, the power that Jesus lived by. Uh, Paul, I think Paul says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead yes. is in you and me. That power we can tap into. And that's so what part of the, the importance of recognizing Jesus as God, the Emmanuel of Christmas, is that what comes along with God is the power of God. And so that power of God through Jesus saved us so that the power of God could live in us so that the power of God could live through us. Like that's the Christian life. There uh, it is. It's all about God, <laughs> uh, but it's all about God within and through us. Right. And that, that is available to us through what we celebrate at Christmas time was God coming to us to make that reality possible, to change how we live. And a part of that is changing how we treat each other. And in, uh, in Philippians 2, we're, uh, we're told about that. In verse 3 uh, through 11, let me just read this because it connects us to the fact that Jesus is with us. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, so it's important to take care of your own stuff, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. If you're going to live with this humility, then you need the example of Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, becoming a baby, being born in the likeness of men, there it is, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, God with us, Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is our eternal, everlasting Father. He is our Lord. And so he impacts our selfishness as we surrender that to him, and, and he gives us the model of true humility of how to live for other people and serve other people. And that's part of how we live the Christian life that gives us the joy and freedom and experience of what, uh, what Christ is all about. I've been thinking a lot recently about what we, we call Jesus often our Lord and savior, right? It kind of flows mm -hmm. off your tongue in the right. Christian circle. Um, and I think it's, it, as a Christian, it's easy, easy to wrap your head around him as your savior. Um, sure. and it's an element of becoming a Christian. But I don't think we emphasize that Lord enough. 
um, that, that we are too quick to just stop at being saved um, and we don't then make him Lord of our life. And it, if he's not Lord of your life, then he's not your savior. If he's not, he's not Lord of your life, if he's not God, if he's not your Lord, which means you're not following him. Think about, you know, a king or a master scenario. You're following him. Like, are you following him with your life? Do you get up each day and are you concerned about what he wants you to do that day? Is he Lord of your life when you have a decision to make? Is he involved in Right. You have action. Is he involved in shaping how you deal with your relationships? Is he not just involved? Is it his opinion that you care about most? That's what Lord is. Right. Lord exactly. Is not, Lord is not co-pilot. No, no, he's not your co-pilot. Lord is pilot. Yes. Lord right. is the plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's what you get on to get like like that's Lord. And we 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 recognize Jesus as our savior. Yeah, he died for my he died for my sins and so that I could live forever with him. Um but we that uh, okay, I can accept that. But then can you accept that he's Lord of your life? Um, because that's what truly true belief in him is that he is Lord of your life. And so just this idea that yeah, yes, he is God, but he is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if 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 he's not Lord of your life, then and you might he might not be your savior. Right. Yeah. You need to really question that, evaluate that. Because what have you what have you surrendered to? What are uh if you've repented and believed in him, which is how you're saved, repenting is not just turning from sin and have you really done that, but it's turning toward God, to, turning towards Christ to follow him with your life. And so he should be impacting how you live, how you treat others. Uh, that's absolutely critical. And then even more than that, um, it changes how you will die. Because when you die, some amazing things will happen. It will not be the end of the story. Um, and we don't have to fear death. Too many Christians seem to be afraid of dying. And yep. What what is it that you're missing in your life and that you're not understanding if you're afraid to die? Because when we die, we go to be with him, which was the point of all of this, as you said earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You skip to the end. Um, yeah, exactly. We've all, got, we've all got work to do here, right? And, that, and there, hopefully you're able to find a joy in this life. Jesus said he came so you would have life and have it abundantly. He didn't mean just in heaven. No, uh, he, exactly. You could Starting right now, an abundant, joyful, purposeful, um, life-giving life here on earth with Him, through Him, um, eternal life begins the second you believe in Him and make Him Lord of your life. It's not the second you die. And so, really, uh, for a Christian, death is just an extension of that eternal life. You right. just change patience, um, exactly. but you. Hopefully, you're. Hopefully, we've been able to live a life that is abundant in nature enough that is just a continuation. That it's not just a. Re, it's not a restart. Sometimes I think the Christians think, "Yeah, I've got this time on the planet for me to do my thing on the planet. I got my get into heaven free card. Right. Um, and so when I die, now I got to start that heaven life." But so many Christians think don't have an understanding of what heaven's going to be like because they don't have an understanding of what life is supposed to be like down here. 
<laughs> and well, yes, so they're they missing it now. They think of Jesus and God and the churchy stuff as being boring and boring. And so they're afraid to die because they think they're going to go to heaven. It's going to be boring. Oh, my. Oh, my over now. Yeah. I'm going to miss out on what I really enjoyed. I'm like, no, you missed what well, maybe you should be scared of dying because you missed the entire point um, that that being with God is what we were made to be. Uh, that is where we find the desires of our heart. God has put desires in our heart, what we truly want. We think we know what we want, but we have no idea. He does. And he says, I'll give you that. I'll give you that while you're down on earth. If you just trust me and follow me as Lord of your life. Um, but it's all leading towards us being with God. And it all started, well, it started back when he created the world, but it was emphasized when Jesus stepped into the planet in Bethlehem uh, to be Emmanuel, God with us. So just be with God. Be with God. You can do that today. You can do it tomorrow. And then eventually we're going to do it for eternity. Uh, be with God because it's what you were made to be. Absolutely true. Let me let me just close with the scripture from 1 Corinthians 15 that talks about what we have to look forward to, this transition that uh, gives us the hope of heaven. Uh, Paul says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the final verse, the summary of it all, takes us back to what we started about. The, if Jesus is God, it changes how you live. Verse 58, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor for him is never in vain. We're, we're abounding in the work of the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, who is telling us how to live, showing us how to live, and showing us how to die. And it, we die in victory. And so, friends, we have a lot to look forward to, which is why we have a lot to celebrate this Christmas season. So live that out, and God bless you as you do. Amen.